introduction time for this week's episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. Hey guys. Hey. Um, today, you're going to get another edition of the Super Scary Show on the Supercast. Talking about I Am Not a Serial Killer. Yeah, brand new movie from just last year. Uh, neither of us knew anything about it except its title. And we watched it. And today, you will know something about it if you choose to listen to that portion of the program yeah uh we said we say at the beginning if you want to avoid spoilers to skip forward about 10 to 15 minutes you might want to make that like 20 to 25 just to be sure because we talked about it for a while we did but uh so if you don't want spoilers on the movie make sure you skip through it otherwise listen to it because it's really cool we had a good discussion about it. Yas. And also, we uh, we did some super fanatics talk. A some little comic bit. talk. Yeah, a little bit. Talked about comic numbering. Um, As we have before, I'm sure, <laughs> but it still pisses us off. <laughs> we can talk about it over and over again. You can listen to it over and over again. Yeah, because that's what you keep coming back for. Listen to these. Coming back for more. Two old men griping about their <laughs> damn comic books. Goddamn comic books. And, um, what else? We got a little bit of wrestling talk yeah, there at the end. We did. Um, David Spade almost died. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do, <laughs> we do Beer Me Times Four today. Yeah, got to, we had to make up for last week. So we, we make up for it. Four times. Um, oh, we talk about work. Talk about my yeah. my boss and what it means to be told you're doing a good job. And we we talk about where where you can find us soon. Yeah, we're gonna be hanging Real out. Soon. We're gonna be in public, hitting the town, out on the town, living the nightlife. So so come hang out with us, and you'll get details when you listen to the actual show. Until you can hang out with us, though, make sure that you keep up with us online throughout our various forms of social media, through our official .com, which is superdivorceme.com, through places like Instagram, where you can find us at superdivorceband, Twitter at superdivorce, and lately we've both been doing a bit more quite a bit more on our personal accounts yeah and you should keep up with us that way too because we're we're staying active yeah guess who's back on twitter bitches <laughs> me who are you on twitter what's, uh, what's bender bender if you nasty bender if you nasty yeah i'm sure you guys can find me if you just search my fucking name but it's if you if you can't it's Bender, if the letter U, nasty. Bender, if you nasty. And I'm on Twitter, at Nicholas Villars. So I don't so have... So cool. Yeah. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing on Instagram. My name, Nicholas Villars, on Instagram. It's way easier than finding me, but, you know... But you're there now. Yeah, I'm there. So that's good. Send some of your followers my way, because... Okay, yeah, I'll make a post I cannot... I have no idea how it works, but like I like synced the contacts on my phone, you know, and it 
gave me like a shitload of people that are not contacts in my phone really and then when i go to like find friends or whatever it's just like here's the six people in your phone that have twitter and i'm like i'm pretty sure more than six people in my phone have twitter but i don't know i guess hmm. maybe they don't have their phone numbers on their twitter could be. or something yeah i guess but like no one i can't i don't i don't know okay well post I'll, about me I'll send, send your post. 130 <laughs> followers my way um yeah do that follow us there and um instagram too yeah both of us yeah I, well i said mine's the same oh on yeah instagram. mine is bender butt at bender butt at bender butt on instagram and um oh new thing that we're doing we've actually i i emailed or messaged you the other night we've gotten four emails <laughs> finally finally we had the there had all had, it took was bribing. <laughs> <laughs> we got some bait on the end of the line on the hook now. We got four emails now so far at uh, our divorce club at superdivorceme.com because if you email us at said email address subject line to sweet me and then put your uh, your shipping address in the body of the message you will be entered for a chance to win every week, every Sunday. We're going to draw a winner for our weekly Too Sweet Mix. Yeah. It's going to be a CD that we uh, we will create, decorate, and put a playlist on there and then ship it to you free of charge. Yep. So all you have to do is email us if you want in on that. And you only have to email one time. We'll keep your information. And every week, as that list grows, you'll have... Uh, a little bit harder time winning so get in early yeah and you might win like fucking i don't know more than one more than once you could win like 10 weeks in a row and we're gonna number each one of them and we're never gonna start over that's right (laughs) (laughs) never be a reboot i've actually i've got the very first one uh cd right here it's a cd a physical CD. Yeah, we're going to mail it to you for free. We're taking you back a little bit to when people used to burn a CD, uh, make a nice mix for you. Um, Bender and I are going to alternate weeks. So yeah. this week, I am going to create the playlist. Next week, it'll be Bender's turn, so on and so forth. But do that. Email us. You have a good reason to now. And, and, also, and don't feel like you only have to include your shipping address in right. the body. You can talk to us too, you yeah. know. This is just this is just extra incentive to get involved. It's you an know? icebreaker. It's an icebreaker. Hey, you want a free CE? Well, let us know how your fucking day is. <laughs> and we'll write you back and yes. tell you how our day is going to and also if you win but yeah you got to be lucky and there's already four people in yeah so but there's still time for you to win this very first cd yeah do you realize what this could be worth like fucking five years from now it could be worth like ten dollars it could be you got it for free (laughs) so get in on the ground level as they say right now and 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 do yourself a favor really yeah Give it a try and um, enjoy this episode as well. Yes. See you in the outro. Bye. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce.
Supercast. Yeah. Um, triumphantly this week, we return with Beer Me. Oh, yeah, sweet. I brought uh, a sampling up tonight. Ooh. So. Good lord. I'm going to grab that hold. No. Well. I'll drink I'll one. I was going to split these. Ooh, so we're we splitting get, them. Yeah, since we didn't do one last week, oh, man. I thought this way we could try. No, this is a good know, idea. This is a good idea. In. I'm unprepared. Well, um, I mean, I'm prepared, but I'm like, I feel like we're just jumping in right now, and uh, which is fine, but it's it's just been a very, it's a very blah day. I was just discussing it with your wife downstairs. It's just a like a, uh, you one, know what I mean? One of those, huh? Yeah. What's, what's going on? Why don't you tell me about it? Well, nothing. I mean, it's it's like, it's nothing in particular. It's just like, the holidays are finally over, which is cool. You know, we, I mean, I think even last last podcast, we still had New Year's to get through, didn't we? Right. Yeah, we did. Right. So the holidays are like officially over, which is cool. But uh, just, I don't, I, I, I've been working a lot and this week normally I, I would have been off yesterday but i wasn't and i'm supposed to be off tomorrow but i have to go into work for a work meeting now and it's just when did you find out about the meeting was today it? oh they were gonna do it next wednesday but i have a dentist appointment and also a vet appointment a veterinary appointment uh, and so I told them that, and they were like, well, fuck, so now we have to reschedule this meeting, and finally, my boss was just like, well, how about tomorrow, and I was like, okay, and he was like, is that fine, and I was like, yeah, and he was like, are you sure, and I was like, yeah, and he was like, if it's a problem, you have to tell me, like, just tell me if it's a problem, and I was like, it's fine, and he was like, okay, <laughs> You know, so it was a problem. Well, I mean, I don't want to go in tomorrow, but like, if I don't go in tomorrow for this stupid meeting that he wants to have, then it's gonna be like another two weeks of him saying we gotta have a meeting soon. You know, and I just don't, I don't, I just don't want to deal with it. Well, but it also means that I'm gonna set foot into work every day until next Wednesday starting last Sunday what's the meeting going to be about I don't know it's just probably the same shit different day maybe you could do why don't you um I mean fuck everyone's got Skype now why don't you start doing your meetings online yeah like my boss could finagle that how old is he like 63 hmm he came up to me today, and he's like, he was kind of, he was joking around. And it was, it was fine, but he like picks up my phone because I had it sitting out, and he was like, "Why is your phone so big?" And I was like, "I don't know. Like you, ha- you have an iPhone too. I don't know. Like, does he just have like the regular? Yeah, I think he has a. I think he has an iPhone five five maybe mm-hmm. so it's a little smaller he might have a six i don't know it might be a six yeah but not a six plus he's just like why is your phone so big i'm like i don't know and then like because i have that like raised to 
to check or whatever. So you just like pick up your phone and the lock screen automatically opens. Yeah, I got it. You know? Mm-hmm. So it, he like picks up my phone and the lock screen like pops up and it's a it's a picture of Luther Strode from the comics. Mm-hmm. And he's like facing forward and he's like got his fists up, you know? Yeah. And they're like all bloody and the the whole background is red. Mm-hmm. And he has his mask on and everything. And he's just like, my boss is just like, really? And I'm like, what? And he's just like, what? R- really? And I was like, it's a it's a comic book character. Like, what do you want from me? Like, what was his problem with nothing. it? Nothing. He didn't, I think he, like, it's, that's just how he jokes. He didn't have an actual problem. He's just like, that's, he's just acting like that's he how had, he's teasing me, I like, guess. Like, he didn't believe there's anything wrong with it he was just acting like there was yeah and it's, and it's like it's him, him teasing you you know like oh, oh. but and i was just like it's a comic book character like that's trad Moore. he's my like favorite comic book artist i mm-hmm. i love his work and he was just like okay bye and like left that was he left for the day after that okay. that was our final interaction all right but i have another story after we do beer me here oh yeah um here Cheers. Cheers. We're drinking out of the, what are these called? The, the Sam Adams. Perfect pints. Perfect pints. <laughs> that you are not a fan of. You're I'm, not a fan I'm of the f- name. I'm a fan of the glass, not of the name. You you think it's unoriginal. They should be called like, I don't remember what I said last time, but suddenly Excalibur is coming to me, and that's, they should be called. But that wouldn't have anything to do with it. Like no, it Sam Adams, no, Brewer Patriot. Yeah. Patriot. What if it was like the, the patriotic pint? Why does it have to have pint in the name? Why because can't it's it just a pint. Be, it's I know, a pint but glass. But you don't have to call it. A, you don't know what you don't say. It's a Stein, eight ounces, or it's just a Stein. Like it's a you know. Well, it would have to do with the revolution. We'll talk about it more in a sec. We're drinking Sierra Nevada, um, Porter supporter. Okay. So it, it does look. It looks looks a little darker. Yeah. So. I like it. That's good. It's um, definitely different than your usual Sierra Nevada, which you're not really a fan of. So no. it works out for you. Right. This is good, though. This is good. And I'm also a big fan of porters. So, yeah. Yeah. This is a good beer. I, I like it. this. I prefer this to the original Sierra Nevada oh, pale ale. Miles. Yeah. By miles, I do. Uh, I don't know if this came in a. A holiday pack, or if you can actually buy this in a six pack. We had some uh, people over on New Year's Eve. Um, you stopped by for just a bit. I did. I did stop by for a bit. I, I certainly would have hung around much longer, but once again, my lady is sick, so I uh, went home to tend to her and, you know, just kind of do New Year's that way. But. Were she not sick, we both would have been over here, I'm sure. Well, the uh, the other attendees in the evening brought um, an assortment of beer. A large assortment, yeah, I recall. And, and they left it all here, too. Really? Yeah. So, thanks. Well, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stephanie. Stephanie has uh, made beer me happen this mm-hmm. week. So, um... Yeah, there was there was New Year's. What did you end up doing when you went home? Cody came over. Mm. Uh, because you guys watched the movies, right? We did. We uh, he came over, and 
uh, I had gone out and I bought that Di Sirono, mm-hmm. right? And he brought over some Yingling and he brought over another beer. I want to say Rolling Rock. Not sure. I don't really remember. But uh, I poured myself a couple, like four, you know, Di Sirono and Dr. Pepper cherries. Hmm. Which is super delicious, and uh, I don't think I've ever had Di Sirono. Really? I remember I've seen the commercials. The one that comes to mind is the guy who's like Di Sirono and milk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it's super good, and I, and the most satisfying thing about it is like when you unscrew it mm-hmm. and you can spin the the bottle cap, yeah. you know, and it. It'll spin really fast, but it'll stay on the bottle. So you just kind of like, (laughs) and then like pull it off real quick. But uh, made a couple of those and found a live stream of the ball drop on the computer. So that was kind of cool. We had uh, Terror Train going on the TV, and uh, then we had the the ball drop on on the recliner there. And, you know, we paused the movie for New Year's and... Mm-hmm. Had a just a little hey, like don't like Cody and I were drinking, and Lindsay was just kind of like you know yeah. nursing cough medicine and orange juice, but uh, we're just like, hey, happy new mm-hmm. year! And then we just like turned the movie back on and uh, smoked hookah. That was yeah. that was it. We didn't even have like a proper countdown. Really, I like looked at my phone. It was like twelve or uh, eleven fifty nine. It was like, oh, well, it's almost New Year's. <laughs> we got our little drinks and, and like, you know, a few seconds later I looked back and it was like, all right, well, it's 2017. There you go. And then back to whatever we were doing. Yeah. And we didn't have, there wasn't much fanfare. I'm glad to have made it through 2016, though. Yeah. So that's, uh, that's a plus. Yeah. I thought, I mean... It was, you know, it was low key, but I had a nice New Year's mm. still. You know, it was it was cool. I part of me wishes there would have been like more of a party to go to or something, yeah. but I for some reason I feel like the holidays this year were so draining. As good as they were. I yeah, I felt the same way. It was really good. <laughs> it was a really good Christmas and everything. Um it just felt like a lot of work this yeah. year. I don't know why. I don't either. A lot of running around, a lot of having people over, more than we have in the past. We had Jess's uh, brother and um, his wife and their son were here. So we had, like, one Christmas at our house, like, at the end of November. Yeah. And then we went to her aunt and uncle's, like, two weeks later. And then we went to her parents' house on Christmas Eve. And we did Christmas with my mom like two weeks before Christmas, and then we went to my grandma's on Christmas Eve as well. And yeah, then people came over on Christmas Day, and it just seemed like constantly so there was much. something you were building towards. Where it's like, all right, well, we have to get ready for this, uh-huh. and then finally now it's just getting back into a a sort of calm phase where you're kind of picking up the pieces and trying to yeah reassemble yourself for the new year. It was I don't know it was crazy. So, low-key, but it was really good. I mean, I, you know, I gave my lady a kiss at New Year's, and I leaned over, and I gave Cody a hug, and I was like, glad you could be here, pal. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. It was a little sad, because on my Facebook feed, like in the memories thing, 
the picture that we took in our kitchen like two years ago came up. Oh yeah, with like it was like Cody, I, Cody and Aria were there, yeah. and Lindsay and I, and uh, Ivy, mm-hmm. and was it still Bob? At the yeah, time? Ivy yeah. and Bob, and then uh, Tyler. Yeah, and Kyle and Trinity. Kyle and Trinity and, and Brittany and Robert. Yeah, everybody was uh, there. Full house that year. Yeah, and we had quite a few people here last year too. Yeah, I think I don't know if Might I have been about the same crew. Yeah, I don't know if I partied last year either. I think I stopped by again. Possibly, I can't remember. And then like, I definitely didn't didn't get trashed. This this New Year's was the first in a couple years that I've been like super drunk. I didn't even get buzzed. Really? I, yeah, I had I had a few drinks, but they were spaced out over the course of the whole. I night. just knew I was gonna be home. Yeah. You know, and like I knew Cody was coming over and I knew we were just going to chill and I was just like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not, I was I'm not doing anything tomorrow because the next day was Sunday and I was off work. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I'm going to get drunk because I haven't been in a while. And I did. I well. did get drunk. <laughs> <laughs> to me, it was nice though to wake up without a hangover. Well, I didn't have a hangover. So, well, or, I don't know. Even if you didn't have a hangover, I feel like you feel better when you haven't drank the night before gotten drunk yeah even if you don't have a full-fledged hangover i'm gonna have a sloppy start to my new year (laughs) (laughs) which i've done plenty of times in the past but not this year that's okay um that's one down yeah already it's good it's good stuff Mm. but uh i have this other story for you about work right quick um, kind of let's like to summarize just sort of long story short I kind of got into just a little back and forth with my boss cause like he came back from vacation this week mm-hmm. and the first day that I saw him I got a big like 20 minute lecture about all the stuff that I didn't do while he was gone or whatever. And it was all stuff that just, just like minor, just weird, you know, he doesn't tell me to do them on a regular basis. Just really detailed. Yeah. Oriented. Nitpicky. Nitpicky stuff. I felt like, you know, but then, so I was telling him, I was like, okay, like I understand. I was like, it's just frustrating to me because I felt like, I really went, like, a little bit of the extra mile to make sure that everything stayed in order while you were gone. Make sure this was clean. Make sure that was clean. I was like, it's all stuff that you've told me to do. Mm -hmm. And, like, I did it. I'm doing it, you know? And I was like, it's just... It'd be nice to be like, hey, I noticed that you did this, but now you you need to do this, too. Right. You know? And he was just like, well, I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna applaud you for doing your job. And I was like, okay, fair. I understand the logic behind that. But, like, if you tell me to do something specifically and then I start doing it regularly, like, even if I'm supposed to do it, just a, hey, I noticed that you did this, thank you. Yeah. It's cool. Like, it's motivating, you know, and it's nice. So... He didn't agree, of course, and he was just like, you know, when something exceptional happens, that's when you deserve 
a thank you or whatever. And then, so the funny thing is, so we go, we had this whole thing and then we part ways. And then he calls me to his office and he's just like, I never get recognized for anything. I never get told I'm doing a good job and blah, 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 blah. And he was like, I am not going to tell you you're doing a good job until somebody tells me I'm doing a good job. And he was like, we'll see. We'll see how long it takes before my boss tells me that I'm doing a good job. And he was like, nobody tells you you do a good job. That's not how life works. Blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was just like, fine. I was like, I think you should be recognized because you have done a lot for the kitchen. And he was just like, no, that's not how it works. My boss is never going to tell me I did a good job. So that was yesterday, okay? Uh-huh. Today, today, he walks into the kitchen and he goes, guess what? And I go, what? And he goes, we got an award. And we got a certificate. Uh, the kitchen got a certificate for, um, I, can't wor- I can't remember the proper wording, but it's like a certificate uh, acknowledging our continued support of uh, disabled workers because all of our dishwashers are handicapped. Mm-hmm. And we've had, it's been that way for probably over a year now. And so we got an award for a commitment to hiring disabled workers. And I was just like, in your face! <laughs> you got recognized for doing something good. You bitch! <laughs> did he uh, did he note the irony there between like what happened today and what he had just said he, to you yesterday? He he didn't quite note the irony, but he did come in and he was just like, "Here's your pat on the back," you know, and like gave me a pat on the back and showed me, and I was just like, "Oh, look at that!" and I patted yeah. him on the back too. So it was. We just we had a laugh about it, mm-hmm. but uh, it was nice to have that whole conversation about how nobody's ever going to tell you you do a good job. Well, you make so much food, you know, you do all this stuff, you cook constantly, so I'm sure it feels nice to uh, serve up a nice piece of humble pie every yeah, now and then. Yeah, just a little bit. And, and you know, a lot of it is that, you know, cooking was completely different when he was up and coming you know it's it was it's a completely different environment today than it was then and he's old school and that's just how it is and that's fine you know well it's the difference between working at like a traditional biker shop uh for tattoos as opposed to coming in working for someone like jess exactly just what she went through and Lindsay, i'm sure did the same thing getting hazed and and that old school mentality where it's like we're not going to respect you out of the gate. You've got to kind of earn it from us as opposed to presenting people with respect off the bat and then being like, this is yours just because you're here. It's your job to keep it. Right. Don't, don't lose our respect, you know, which I think is a little more motivating for people, you know. I did kind of feel, <clears throat> I really sort of felt a little millennial mm-hmm. in my argument like well you should recognize me for doing a good job you know because i felt like i did feel like that to the extreme well i need an award for showing up to work you know what i mean but i do think it is it helps boost morale and make you more motivated to hear that 
the hard work you think you're doing Mm -hmm. is being recognized. Yeah, as long as you're actually doing your job. Yeah. You know, I don't think anyone needs to hand you a certificate to let you know, but the occasional, hey, good work, keep it up. Exactly. That's all you need. You're not asking for a trophy from the guy. It's just like, it's nice to know when someone comes back, you know, Jess comes back from a trip or something and, and the shop looks great. And it's like, yeah, that's what they should be doing over there if the if the big boss isn't around. Right. But still, it's good to let people know that you appreciate them actually doing their job because there's so many people out there who won't or who don't. You know, they, they kind of coast and do the absolute minimum and, and sometimes below that because they know they're not going to get fired right off the bat. You know, right. they can fall down below that expected par line until shit gets so bad they get reprimanded and then they've got to kind of boost it up but yeah no i I get what you're saying i don't think it's too millennial to ask for the occasional vote of confidence you know just Mm -hmm. a thumbs up but it's good yeah it's just been exhausting i'm gonna reach in here hear me part two (laughs) yeah i was just about to say (laughs) hear me part two we are going to crack open this Highland Brewing, Brewing Company Oatmeal Porter. Ooh, another porter. Another porter. A nice, heavy, hearty meal of a beer. Okay. Yeah, I'll fill you up here. Thank you. So, um, I suppose, as I pour this beer here, um, and kind of segue into our super scary oh, yeah. portion of the show this week. All right, let's go ahead and uh, look at this tasting underway here. Oh, I'm replying to Andrew right quick on. The oh, way. okay. Did he come in with a topic? He did, but it's a topic that we can't do because he said, uh, "Make me." Watch the WK11 match. I don't oh, know what that yeah. Means. And I was, well, yeah, I'll, I'll go over that. Yeah. In a and it was like discuss impressions, compare and contrast to other matches slash promotions. And I just said any other topics since we're already casting and all. Yeah. We can't really. I didn't like, mention that, so I guess I just said podcast topics anymore. And I don't know what he thinks I'm going to compare and contrast it to because. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Ooh, that's even heartier than the last one. It's got... It's, um... Hmm. It's definitely not... Uh, it differentiates itself quite a bit from the other porter we just tried. Yeah. In my opinion. It's, um... It's smooth... And it's got a little bit of a bite at the end to me, to my oh, palate. Yeah, a little bit. There is a there is a little bit of that. Like not a not really the hoppy bitterness, but more like a coffee bitterness. Uh-huh. Like a black coffee. Yep. As opposed to the piney bitterness of your IPAs. Mm-hmm. IPAs. God damn. So, um, this week 
on Super Scary mm -hmm. on the Super Divorce Supercast. We are going to be chatting a little bit here uh, for a, a few minutes about... Um, uh, I am not a serial killer. I am killer. not a serial killer. That's what it was called. You recommended this movie. You said you'd heard the title anyway. I, I've, much been, about I've it. just been kind of seeing it pop up. You know, it's... Uh, a lot of those like year-end lists and mm -hmm. bloody disgusting is oh this movie happened and this movie's finally out and bought whatever that kind of stuff and uh now i just i literally once again just watched this like i okay. watched it the credits rolled and like 10 minutes later i drove over here okay good so it's nice and fresh and but i just watched it last night i did so. watch it under interesting circumstances okay uh, i had to watch it at the shop oh because uh Lindsay had a weirdo mm -hmm. that i had to go save her from unfortunately i didn't actually get to save her he left before i got there okay but she was just like yo i really don't want to tattoo this dude yeah because he's being a weirdo and she's like come in and pretend to be my client so i went in and i i had to watch it at the shop so it was a little i watched the whole thing mm -hmm. but we watched it in the lobby so there was a there was a slight just a slight disconnect there. Mm. You know what I mean? It's just a little That's a bummer. I'm gonna go on off. record and say it's a bummer. But it I it's... but I I paid attention and I watched it and it was yeah, you know, but a lot of a lot of Christopher Lloyd's lines were mumble jumbled and I didn't didn't quite catch a lot of it. Well, um But I plan on watching it again. This movie just came out last year. Yeah. Last year uh, as in 2016. Right. Because we're brand new into 2017. Based on a novel written by Dan Wells, uh, the screenplay was written by Christopher Hyde and Billy O'Brien. Billy O'Brien also directed the movie. Uh, big names in this one. It stars Christopher Lloyd, as you just said. Yep. Christopher. The Christopher Lloyd. Uh-huh. The Back to the Future, Adam's Family, Christopher Lloyd. It's pretty interesting to see him in just like this kind of indie horror movie yeah you know in 2016 yeah i liked it though yeah uh, it was neat and then max records as john wayne cleaver uh uh the main character in the movie who you might recognize from the where the wild things are movie that came out is a little older yeah significantly older but i think that came out in maybe 2009 or so something like that yeah. also if you are uh, a fan of breaking bad um, John's mom in the movie plays like the very timid drug lord woman in Breaking Bad. I was trying to remember where I where I'd seen her before. That she's the one that like I it's been so long since I've watched Breaking Bad, but she is just always very like. Uh, when they're they're in the meth lab in the bus underground, mm -hmm. and there's a bunch of gunfire up above, and like she climbs up out of the bus, and like her her bodyguard like covers her eyes because she doesn't want to see all the people that they killed, and he has to like lead her back to the cars because she like doesn't she can't handle it all and hmm. that kind of stuff. But she that's that's her character. She's like the timid. Yeah, weird drug lord. After, after the black guy gets blown up, Gus. Gus. Yeah. I think it's after Gus. Okay, 
I'd have to go back and watch it because it's been several years now since yeah. I've seen it. Yeah. But she definitely looks familiar. Yeah. So that's probably where I, I'd seen her before. But anyway, um, I told you not to like read anything about it. Did you have any idea? We're, you'll get some spoilers here. Um, it's really hard to talk about this movie without talking about spoilers. Yeah. Because so, the whole premise is kind of, it throws you. Yeah. Pretty early in the movie. It does. You know? So if you don't want to hear any spoilers about I'm Not a Serial Killer, maybe skip ahead in this cast like 10, 15 minutes. Yeah. And uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it around there. And, uh, and then we'll, you know, you'll, you'll miss all the spoilers. Yeah. So, um, what did you think though? I really liked it. Um, I kind of caught on early, like before the reveal. Yeah. Um, I sort of caught on to it and I was like, oh, okay. To like the supernatural part of it yeah you did only because in the very in the first uh murder scene crime scene when john goes back to it and he finds that stuff on the ground yeah i was like it's not just gonna be this killer is not just gonna be carrying oil around Mm -hmm. or something like that like it's almost like in a horror movie, if you find a weird-ass liquid, there's probably going to be a monster in the movie. Yeah. You know? So, I, I, I feel like I caught on to the twist a little early. Didn't see who it was going to be, though. Yeah. And then I liked, but I did like how the rest of the film played out. Mm-hmm. Where it, it, almost, it kind of becomes this cat-and-mouse game. Yeah. And the parallels between the two characters with the monster and then with john being a sociopath yeah were very interesting and i feel like that's you know sort of the basis of the movie that's the meaning of the movie or its Mm -hmm. purpose you know part of it that uh that i thought was interesting is almost um i don't know if you've watched much dexter four seasons okay long time ago well you know the thing about the Dexter character that was similar to John in this movie, the kid who played Max in Where the Wild Things Are. Um, he is like, you know, uh, he's been, um, I guess, diagnosed as a sociopath. And he has these tendencies to that, that would lead one to believe he might be heading down the road to becoming a serial killer or at least committing murder you know right. he's got these impulses to to do that type of thing and he has a lot of the tell the the three telltale signs right um animal animal abuse, abuse uh late bedwetting mm-hmm. like into your teens i think and i i can never remember the third one but it's something super weird like i don't know like well what, whatever it is whatever it was He's exhibiting all these signs. Um, he's obsessed with serial killers, you know. Mm. And so the movie starts off with him, and uh, his town is um, is uh, on the receiving end of some some heinous murders that start going down. And he is 
naturally interested in in the fact that these kind of grisly happenings are going on sort of right on his his front porch he starts investigating um and as bender said it becomes kind of a game of cat and mouse between him and, and the killer and uh anyway what struck me as similar to dexter is he he goes about this all this uh investigation and he seems to have a lot at stake as he's sort of continuing to follow these leads and trying to figure out what exactly is going on and though he is diagnosed as and you're told he is a sociopath you know he has no feelings and no empathy and, and all that kind of stuff he still seems to have a lot of interest in protecting certain people you yeah. know when it comes down to it, it it's like there's a, a glimmer of something human about him the same way that you get that with Dexter you know he starts he he thinks of himself as a complete monster, like he has nothing at stake. He uh -huh. doesn't care about anyone. But then, kind of when the chips are down, you see that that maybe isn't exactly true. Yeah. So, uh, it's notable that he works either he works in or just sort of helps out in. But his mom is a mortician. Yeah. And so he is very familiar with. Uh, bodies dead bodies and then also like the process you mm -hmm. know the embalming and things like that he does help out a couple times in the movie um real quick the third sign of a serial killer is obsession with fire oh okay so cruelty to animals obsession with fire and persistent bedwetting past a certain age okay and uh so speaking on those things i thought it was very cool and well not cool but it was really interesting the way they sort of handled his whole sociopathic characterization. Yeah. Um, when he's talking to his therapist for the first time, he sees a therapist and he brings up, it's called the McDonald triad. Mm -hmm. And those are the three signs. And he brings it up with his therapist and he says, you know, I didn't even think that harming animals was wrong until I read that it was a sociopathic tendency. Yeah. And I was like, that's, I mean, it's bad, but, like, it's interesting. Yeah. The way they handle it, where he you, he really is, like, a sociopath. They drive it home throughout the movie that, yeah. like, he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. And he really has these tendencies. About most things. About most things. But you're right. Like the Dexter, when, when shit starts to go down, he does express uh, a strong concern or you know for these certain people he's like mm -hmm. well you can't hurt that person yeah i mean like you hurt this person but not this person yeah which is interesting it makes me think of uh i remember seeing something a while ago some article uh that they had done some study and shown that sociopaths psychopaths um a lot of them who claim to feel nothing it's not that they're absolutely incapable of feeling. It's almost that they're able to turn it on and off at will. Oh, yeah. So it could be that you have a character who's only invested in maybe literally one or two people in right. the entire world, but to everyone else. It's like when, when, uh, when John um, confronts that bully at the dance. That was so good. And he, I loved that scene. You know, he's... He's well. He's first confronted by your typical school bully, you yeah, know, for being a freak and and that kind of thing. And then 
kind of turns it around on him pretty damn quick and ends up freaking this bully out. It's so good. You just have to see the scene, you know. Um, but he kind of shows this kid, this bully, just exactly how crazy he really is if you're getting down to it. You know, right. like, you want to call someone crazy, you want to say this kid's a freak, that's one thing. But to actually understand on an emotional level what that means for you... <laughs> after you're fucking with them. Right. You know, then... And then, you know, they they still... You know, you mentioned you're dealing with a character that may only care about, like, one or two people, and they display that, too, because, you know, he's being bullied at the Halloween school dance, and this is that, that scene we're talking about. Uh, but right before the bully comes up, and I probably, like, part of the reason the bully comes up is because a girl comes over to talk to him. Yeah. And he kind of, it's like sort of obvious that she likes him or, or is at least interested because I think, uh, he borrows vanilla from her house earlier in the movie and Mm -hmm. she's kind of like a little flirty with him. Yeah. She's like waiting for him to engage in conversation and he's just like, I need vanilla. Yeah. I, I don't know, you Mm -hmm. know, uh, but so they they display this by like she shows up periodically throughout the movie and it's very obvious that she's interested and he just just doesn't there's no no turnaround for him there's no like oh this person really likes me you know there's no budding romance he just like doesn't care there might be like some budding malevolence when he's like watching her inside yeah. her house at one point but yeah it's not in my opinion because he is smitten with her no. You know, he's looking at her in that creepy serial killer. Ways. Yeah. Yeah. But even like in the during the the funeral later in the movie, she comes up and hugs him. Yeah. And he's he's passing out the uh the I don't know, the brochures or the pamphlets or I don't know what the fuck they're called. The memorial. Yeah, the leaflets memorial leaflets. Call it. You know, it's it's like informational about a dead yeah. body. But he's passing them out. So she comes up and she hugs him. Her name's Brooke, by the way. And uh, he puts one hand on her back, but the other one he just, like, keeps held out. And people just walk by and are yeah. grabbing grabbing leaflets from his hand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so that that disconnect with, like, everybody around him except his sometimes concern for his mom and, like, yeah. his sometimes concern for his sister is what you get from this character a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's that's kind of a glimpse into, into John. Yeah. And then you've also got the killer of the movie who, you know, we said skip ahead if you don't want spoilers, but um, last chance. Uh, it is Christopher Lloyd, and they yeah. come out with that pretty early on. It's great because they're following a different sort of shadowy character. Yeah. And uh, it just so happens that this shadowy character meets up with Christopher Lloyd and asks if he needs some help. And it looks like they're going to go uh, ice fishing. They mm-hmm. kind of go out and do it onto a frozen lake and... The guy starts to uh, drill into the ice, and then Christopher Lloyd goes over to the newly formed ice hole and is sort of prepping it, and the 
the shady character grabs a knife and it looks like this, you know, it's about to go down and you're like, oh shit, Christopher Lloyd's only in this movie for 10 minutes. And then, well, bam! Yeah. Like, turns around and like extends his arm through the guy's chest and it's awesome. It's like, it, it his arm just turns into this black, kind of like tendril yeah. looking, uh, trying to, it made me think of something, uh, a Krauser in Resident Evil 4. He's got yes. like a one arm yes. that turns into like a monster arm. Uh -huh. it, it's kind of something like that, you know, but it's like all black and looks like it's got this sinew and uh -huh. just muscle, but it's Very sharp skinny. enough to go through someone. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, and then it, it kind of goes back into the shape of a human arm, obviously, afterwards. Right, right. And so, uh, during the, uh, backtracking a, a tad during the uh a couple embalmings um at the beginning of the film uh of the people being killed by this so-called serial killer uh john notices that each body is missing a body part mm -hmm. it starts with a kidney and then i think there's one other body that's kind of missing something weird and then there's a body that's missing an arm which kind of excites him. Right. Because he's like, oh shit, this is a There's serial a pattern. Yeah, exactly. In my town. And so when they reveal Christopher Lloyd is the killer, and not only the killer, but this kind of monster creature, they also show him, you know, crouch down next to the body and sort of start to tear the organs out of it. And uh, what I put together throughout the rest of the film is that this character is taking body parts and replacing his own body parts with these newer, yeah. fresher parts because he's trying to stay alive, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. And so, uh, for the rest of the movie, you kind of get John trying to... Almost like at one point for for a little bit of the movie, he almost has a, a relationship with uh, Will. Was Will Christopher Lloyd's name? Yeah, I don't remember now. Bill, Will, or Bill? I think it might have just been Bill. But yeah, he like helps him take a selfie so he can send it to his wife. Yeah, and then later in the movie, he's like helping him use the bathroom, and he's yeah. helping him into the into the bathtub, and he mm -hmm. you know all this kind of stuff. Um, and this is after he knows what he saw right you know and he's followed bill we'll say bill he's followed him around and bill's killed like three more people at this point and that's when he decides to try and get kind of close to him but uh i you know i i need to watch the movie again uh because of the situation i watched it under but i felt like what I gathered was John was sort of trying to figure out how Bill could have the life he does because he's married. Yeah. And he's been with a woman for a long, long time. How he has this life, but then also is going out and killing people. Mm -hmm. And then also the, the monster aspect. You know, he's yeah. curious. He wants to know what's going on with Why that. Why he's doing it. But the parallels between, like, his sociopathic nature and then uh, Bill's character, like, 
killing to survive almost Mm -hmm. are interesting and that's that's what plays out through most of the movie Mm -hmm. yeah but i i liked it a lot it was it was surprising i wasn't expecting it to be the type of movie that it was yeah just from i had heard the the name before and i think i might have passed it on netflix or something but i knew nothing about it really and um so it felt like i don't know it had a cool kind of classic horror movie vibe to it it didn't feel like one of these polished overproduced year you know 2000s horror movie right like the black christmas remake right and a lot of movies that come out now they seem to have like this very glossy sheen to them where it just doesn't feel scary right i don't know i can't explain it exactly maybe you know what i'm talking about just a lot of stuff it's it's too bright it looks too too shiny it looks too corporate in a way Uh a lot of these you know movies that we've been watching um have been like from the 70s and 80s there's a little bit of grit to it and i think this movie had that it had a little bit of that graininess to the film and the setting was was pretty somber Uh you know the the backgrounds of the movie the town that that uh that it was set in had this sort of midwestern kind of downtrodden industrial type of vibe to it yeah so it it made for a great setting for the type of movie that it is and it kind of took you to that place it's very it's definitely in line with like stranger things Mm -hmm. it's definitely in line with it follows yeah um, really kind of emulates the same vibe as those shows, especially with the supernatural aspect. Yeah. You know, it's really great. Um, I I would really... I don't know if I would necessarily put it on the same exact level as those two, but yeah. it is... It's very close. It's definitely in the same wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, a show like Stranger Things, it looks really good, and it does have a, a polish to it, but it's done in a way where... Um, it feels like the best work that would have come out in the period that it's kind of set in. Yeah. You know, it, the stuff about a lot of horror movies that come out now, as I was trying to to say is they just feel like, I don't know, there's like this kind of cookie cutterness to them and this safeness where it's like, well, there are going to be a lot of like loud noises and jump scares and a lot of pretty faces and. And there's not going to be much substance to the story. It's just a lot of shit you see, especially that, like, you know, when you're talking about horror movies that that hit theaters Mm -hmm. these days. It's just take it or leave it. It's kind of like uh, we watched the the Purge election year recently. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like when you think about it, really, uh, and this isn't a 100% original opinion, but when you you know when you think about it, the purge is kind of taking murder and making it cool in a way. Mm-hmm. Because what's the coolest part of those movies? The fucking killers that drive around in the weird masks and have like, well, how inventive are these people? You know, and like, so in the, I've still never seen any of them. So well, not... in the purge election year. Uh, you've got spliced in scenes, you know, when they're driving around the city of like people who have gone through the trouble of setting up a guillotine and mm-hmm. they're like kit, you know, they're taking people and, 
executing them with a guillotine and there's um a uh, a bunch of sorority girls driving around in a car that's completely covered in christmas lights and then they get out and they're wearing like tutus and fucking masks with like cunt spray paint spray painted on their forehead and then they've got like diamond encrusted ak-47s you know Mm -hmm. and it's just kind of like well which one do you want to be on the purge do you want to be the people driving around in this fucking cool ass car with diamond encrusted ak's or are you the homeless dude who has a switchblade Mm -hmm. who's the main character of the movie like which one do you want to be you want to be the fucking cool people in the masks you know (laughs) yeah and it's and so that's kind of where you're you're i think that's a, a an example of like the polish you get like you, it's they don't, it's not it's not creepy it's cool yeah they don't make it uncomfortable right you know which i don't know i mean of course there are going to be classic scenes from horror films where the scanners a scene comes to mind and it's like oh yeah. man you see that fucking guy's head explode it's awesome you know but like in a movie like the one that we're talking about today um the like the murder the death has a weight to it yeah you know it feels heavy and and you're dealing with with um a character who feels that weight it weighs on him constantly you know and and then uh and then someone else who's in the same boat, but kind of for different reasons. And it's not just about how sweet the kills look. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, maybe when when uh, these types of movies first came about, they, they still handled the deaths with uh, maybe like a gentler touch. You know, there was a little more care that went into it. So it yeah. seemed like a big deal when someone died. It wasn't just like, watch this guy get cut up. Well, it's like, you know? what is this? Because a lot of, you know, a lot of older movies are like, well, what does this death mean? Yeah. Who is this character to the rest of these characters? In The Purge, uh, especially the new one, almost everyone that dies isn't like, they're just, they're just a cutaway scene. It's just a body to get It's just a body or... to be like, this is happening, mm-hmm. like, they don't have lines, they don't have names, they're not a main, they're none of the main characters, like... And you don't care at that point. Yeah, exactly. So... It's just like, hey... So, so that's the, that's the, the refreshing thing about this movie almost, is that it's so new, Mm -hmm. but it really captures that essence of, uh, older horror, where, you know, even if you aren't necessarily introduced to every single character that dies. Mm-hmm. It's still like, well, this is a small town, so each person that dies, it means something to somebody. Mm-hmm. And you can tell in the movie when it happens. Yeah. It's it's good. It was a good movie. I like Which maybe it. is, is kind of why horror hit people as hard as it did when it first started becoming a thing. You know, even going back to like the, the early monster movies, it's like you you weren't dealing with a bunch of gore and just like frivolous death. There was like some, there was something to the stories. There was right. like a, a, a greater weight there. And there was, there was a tragedy in most of them. Yeah. And if someone did die, it usually was done in a way where like people felt bad about it. Right. Just like you were applauding at the sweet death scene that happened. Yeah. 
you know. Now, don't get me wrong. I fucking love a good horror movie with <laughs> yeah. some good death in that house. <laughs> but, but, but this cool movie was good. That, that people can still make movies like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would have hated if like any of the characters in It Follows mm-hmm. died. Yeah. You know, little bit of spoiler there, but yeah, it, just the you care about them you care about their friendship and you care about their bond mm-hmm. you know even though like you don't know anything about them really the movie just kind of throws you in because it's a very it, that movie plays mind games with you you know mm-hmm. uh it it appeals to your your own personal paranoia but still like the whole time i was like i don't want these characters to die like i yeah. want them to escape what's happening to them mm-hmm. and and I think, you know, this movie, I wanted, I wanted John to start caring. Yeah. And I wanted him to figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I also kind of wanted there to be a subplot where people thought he was a serial killer. Yeah. But I think the way they played it was smarter, where, like, he knew and he did, he tried to make rules to prevent him from becoming a serial killer which was another dexterish thing it was you know, yeah dexter had his code that he went by and, yeah and that's when john starts freaking out in this movie is when he he starts getting frazzled and ends up breaking some of his rules that's right when he starts worrying that he's gonna go down that path that he doesn't want to go down right which is another indication to me that there is some care there left where he's taking enough Concern, and he's making enough of an effort to keep himself from going down that road. Right. If he truly didn't care at all, then it he wouldn't just, matter. Right. He'd just kill somebody. It's it's like the uh, the Joker thing. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you've heard people talk about that or thought about it yourself, but you know, in, in the Dark Knight, the Joker is out to to show everyone how you know meaningless and frivolous all their scheming is, and he is. A master schemer himself you know he cares so much about about proving all these people wrong uh-huh. and he puts all this work into it while claiming that he doesn't give a shit about anything but he puts forth a lot of effort in his planning to make things go a certain way and yeah. to see I mean, certain results yeah exactly even in the dark knight returns he has to he has to plan to kill that the audience of mm-hmm. the the Tonight Show or whatever it yeah. is, and then he has to, you know, he plans to go to the carnival and he plans to do this and that. I think he does like exercise a little bit of that. Like once Batman is chasing him, mm-hmm. you know, especially in the movie, uh, because he's just fucking killing random people. That's, but it's I think, but it's still when he's gotten to that point, it's almost like he's. He's starting to see the fruits of his labor. He's gotten Batman's attention, you know, right. and, and now he's now in it that doesn't chase. matter. Yeah, you know, now this is when all of the planning has led up to the chaos of this one moment. Yeah, but he still had to fucking plan to get there. Yeah, you know. So it's interesting. That's a an interesting thing about people in general to me is when you're examining, be it a, a killer like you know, or a serial killer or a, a super villain. You know, all these people who who claim to be about nothing but chaos and disorder, oftentimes they're 
they're revealing themselves along the way with all the planning that they have to do to make sure that their ends are completed, you know? Right. Truly, truly chaotic people are a very, very rare breed. They wouldn't plan. Right. If Joker was truly chaotic, he would just blow up Gotham. There wouldn't be a ransom. There wouldn't be a warning. There wouldn't be a, you know whatever whatever there is i mean take any any of joker's plots yeah any of them throughout the the comics the cartoons whatever you know i'm not gonna deny that joker is like a fucking amazing villain yeah it's just that but he cares about things just like anyone else does but the things he cares about are fucking you know wacky right just insane and sick and depraved and all these things but he still cares about certain things yeah he cares about seeing uh his plans come to fruition so um yeah that's uh i i would say on the movie anyway um it's definitely worth watching yes if you're listening to this and you have the internet you probably have netflix i feel like it's become more commonplace to have netflix than cable and even people who have cable still have netflix so that's what i got Watch it. It's yeah, on it's a good one. It's a good one. I'm going to do Beer Me Part 3. Do you want in Beer on Beer Me it? Part 3, yeah, man. We are opening up uh, Fort Collins Brewery. This is called Scarlet on Brett. Huh. It has oh, a pretty bottle. Pretty bottle and red riding hood. Yeah. So, here, I'll read. It's a wild red ale. Aromas okay. of pineapple and stone fruits from Bretonum, Bretonomyces. Okay. Gives way to a juicy mouthfeel and complex malt profile, resulting in an array of tropical fruits, mild earthiness, and subtle tartness. A mysterious adventure awaits with Scarlet Vixen. Pairs well with roasted lamb. nectarine upside down cake good lord that's quite a description yeah alright let's let's see what we're all about I'm supposed to make spaghetti squash for the first time ever tonight tonight? yeah it's gonna be interesting I've had it before it's good yeah I went down to uh, OTR a few nights ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. How was that? It was fun. Jess and I went to the Eagle. Have you been there before? Uh, no. Okay. Wait. Maybe. Is the Eagle... No, that's that's not. I don't think so. I don't think I've been there. Okay. It's great. Yeah. They, um, little side story... They have, uh, it's like a grilled cheese, and they put slices of apple, like almost kind of apple pie apples, okay, on the sandwich, and then it comes with a, I think it's an, uh, maybe an apricot jam uh-huh. that you dip the sandwich in. Huh. It's amazing. The first time I ate there, it's the only place I've ever done this. But after I finished my meal, I had that grilled cheese and uh, their spoon bread. 
it's like cornbread. It comes in like a personal cast iron uh-huh. skillet. And then um, it's the only place in this area I know that serves Lone Star beer. <laughs> like, like, uh, like True Detective. Yeah. So you get your Lone Star and it's the only place I've ever gone where when I got finished, I went to the manager and I said, can I speak to the chef? And he's like, yeah, sure. And the guy came out and I shook his hand and told him that was the most amazing meal I've ever eaten at any restaurant I've gone to. <laughs> so it's great. Uh, I feel like, is it, is it near, so semi near, uh, 16 Madison theater. No, I didn't think so, but I went, we went to a restaurant after a Madison theater show once my family and I, Mm -hmm. and it like the vibe sounds similar. Mm -hmm. Like it was kind of a, a diner type setting. Yeah. This place is very like rustic feeling, you know, it's like all wood. They've got like those sweet kind of like, what do they call them? Tesla, like Tesla lamps or okay. something yeah. hanging. And well, I feel like the place we went to, you know, it was very similar, but I don't think it was the Eagle because it was like I think it was farther into Kentucky than Madison Theater was, okay. like trying to get back to uh, yeah. two seventy five or whatever. Yeah, the Eagle is actually in. Cincy, right, right, like over by 16-bit arcade. If you know where that is, I don't. I don't, I don't no, we went to Arcade Legacy that yeah. one night. We were down there. Okay, I don't know. For I'm 27 years old, and I've lived in this area my entire life. I do not know Cincinnati at all. Like the only street I know in Cincinnati is Ludlow, mm-hmm. and it is only because. That is where this. There's a skyline there where mm-hmm. my. That's where my parents had their first date. Okay. And then, a couple blocks up the street, is the Esquire Theater. Mm-hmm. That's it. Like I don't. I can't. I know how to get there. Yeah. I can't tell you, street names or, nothing else. Mm-hmm. It's just like I fucking know where this skyline is, and that's it. And I think I can get to. Probably not anymore, but I used to drive down there and go to a hookah bar. We've been to Bogarts. Oh, I know. Yeah, on Vine Street. Yeah. I know how to so get to Bogarts. So it's like, it's in that region of Cincinnati, yeah. like that side. Near, but, sort of near campus. Mm-hmm. I know OTR is kind of like on the other side of UC campus. Yeah. 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 But, uh, yeah, we went over there. We had fun. That was cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. It's a sweet tart beer. It's a sweet tart beer. Mm-hmm. It's good. Uh, what else? So next Friday, our pals in Abertooth Lincoln are releasing an EP. Yeah, I saw that awesome. they had recorded that one. They've been in like three different cities to record it. That's crazy. So they recorded part of it in Atlanta, part in Chicago, and I think part in here around this area uh-huh. somewhere but yeah they're crazy yeah i love them also next thursday if you are interested i think uh dynamite is playing with gogo buffalo mm-hmm. and abertooth abertooth's doing back-to-back shows oh. 
they're playing an urban artifact in Cincinnati next Thursday. Okay. So I'm going to check my Friday schedule. Mm-hmm. And if I don't work a double, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'll probably try to hit that show too. I'm down. So hopefully I don't work a double next Friday, the 13th. Well, yeah, if you're listening and want to come hang with us, we'll definitely be there on Friday night. Yeah, Friday the 13th at Blind Bob's in uh, the Oregon District in Dayton. Like I said, our, our pals in Abertooth Lincoln are having their EP release show. Uh, and also, if you come out, bring a few extra dollars so you can buy a CD from them. Yes. Or a shirt. Whatever. Absolutely. Support the band. I have their first album on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, for real. Yeah. But. Did you buy that at the Bernie Sanders benefit? No, I bought it from him at Bob's one time. Oh, okay. Um, they're awesome. Their drummer is so fucking good. I'm surprised his drums don't just like explode whenever he plays them because mm-hmm. he's a madman. So good, so good. But definitely, uh, check them out. Abertooth Lincoln, you know, like Abraham, but with teeth. And then also, like I said, next Thursday, our friends in Dynamite Thunder Punch are playing. And I think they're playing some new music. They're working on... They've been working on an EP for a while. Yeah. Uh, Pretty much more or less since we've started playing with them. I think, like, when we first played with them was right when their last one came out. Right. Their eponymous EP or something like that. Right. So... And they've been working on another one ever since, but they are playing... I think they're going to be playing new music on Thursday. So that'll be cool. Uh, But we love those guys. Both of those bands are bands that we've played with many times. Yeah. Um, And they're they're just great. They're great. Look forward to playing with them many times in the future. Yeah. I I can't wait. I cannot wait to get back on stage. And, And I know those... Both of those bands are so great. I know that if we... If we get a show and we ask them, they'll be on it. Yeah. They're so awesome. So that's my favorite thing. One of the, like, top three things about being in a band is having friends like that. You know, Kid Sardust is another band mm-hmm. that has just been really cool and we've played with multiple, multiple times. And I look forward to getting out there and, and making many more new friends. Yeah. You know? in bands as well as people who are just hanging out you know it's it's been a it's been a dream of mine and like an aim to do that for many years i'm finally at a point where it's just like it's it's time to just do it you know like i don't want to be the band anymore that's like sitting by themselves and you know not not blaming anyone but just you know it's kind of tough to do if everyone's not on board yeah. with that that type of thing, you know? And uh, it's just you and me now, so there's really no excuse. We've talked about it, so it's like, let's just fucking go hang out and like yeah. become one of those bands. It's literally part of the scene. You know, you hear about a lot of bands, uh, well, not a lot, but certain bands, um, who kind of become fixtures of a particular area. And it's... It's tough sometimes to like fight the tendency to feel jealous or envious 
But you have to understand that if, if anyone gets to that point, it's because they've benefited the scene in some way, yeah. in a real way. They're, they're the bands who are showing up and playing all the time and, and making friends with people, not just showing up, playing a set and leaving. They go out, they watch the other bands that play in their area, they talk to people, they give them a reason to watch when they are playing, and then they also go and they make people feel good afterwards by talking to them and having discussions and making friends, you know, that's that's a part of it that uh, has been missing from basically every band I've ever been in, mm-hmm. you know, has been a little reclusive and just time to shed that skin and have fun, you yeah. know, and, and, uh, and we're going to start next week. Next week. At the, hopefully at the Dynamite Show. Hopefully. As long as you don't hopefully have Hopefully at Urban Artifact in Cincinnati. And then, if not, definitely, definitely at Blind Bob's on Friday because I do not work Saturday for once. So that's going to be awesome. Yeah. Oh. While we're here. Yes. How about some comic book talk? Comic book talk. Because we also have to move super fanatics over here. I can't talk much about comics, but we can try. <laughs> well, um, welcome to Super Fanatics on the Supercast. Hello. Uh, let's see. I, I just posted a picture of the stuff that I bought yes. just yesterday. Yeah. Got a new Walking Dead, Big Trouble in Little China, um, Escape from New York crossover, Moon Knight, Gem and the Holograms, and Shade the Changing Girl. Yes, and I'm I'm kind of behind too. I haven't read anything because I've been working on the band stuff a lot and trying to put a put some things gears in motion. We've been talking a lot, but uh, yeah, I'm a little backed up on my my weekly. I'm very stuff. backed up. I've been making the trip and buying stuff every week. I just need to read it all now. So uh, I haven't. I haven't been since I think before Christmas, mm-hmm. um, and I did that, you know, because I was trying to get gifts for people here and there. Yeah. Um, I have already resolved that next Friday when I get paid, I'm going to get um, a large uh, portion. Mm-hmm. Although I did go today because Saga issue 41 is out. Uh, it came out on Wednesday, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did go today to pick that up. And my my pull list was not as, like, fucking crazy mm-hmm. as I thought it was going to be. I'm quite behind. Yeah. But it wasn't, like, overwhelming, which did is you, you went to Nostalgia, I would guess. I did, yes. Did you see the... Did they still have the Batwing from the animated series? I did not look around the shop. I just walked up to the counter and okay. asked for Saga. It was back on the table where they'll put like the special okay. figures sometimes. Uh-huh. But they had, it was like, it had to be, I would say it was at least three feet long. Oh my god. But it was like a fucking huge replica of the Batwing from the animated series. The Batwing from the series is so rad yeah. too. And it didn't have like any, I don't even know, I didn't inspect it too much, but I didn't see any like noticeable markings is like which company made it it looked like one of those things that they made 500 of and uh-huh. there's one sitting right here you know but i would imagine it was probably very pricey probably they had a a, a figure of the scotty young 
um, Deadpool baby cover mm-hmm. uh, with the suction cup darts like on him, you know, and he's kind of yeah. like sitting and he's slumped. It's way back from Marvel Now's Deadpool number one. Um, but they had it right by the computer, the register, and I picked it up and I asked Tom how much it was. And he was like, and it's probably, uh, probably like three inches tall. It was in a box that was smaller than a pop vinyl box. Mm. So it may have been smaller than, than that even. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I asked him how much it was and he was like, I think it's 65 and he was like, it's cute, but it's not that fucking cute. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, not that I had the money anyways, but I was like, that's the worst thing about buying figures is that the smallest shit is so expensive. Yeah. You know, you, but I think for me, I, I would have to justify it as like, it's a figure of this artist's work and it's, you know, like you have to, well, you also have to take into account on something like that. If it's a limited run, that means that it costs more to manufacture because the company yeah. that is making it or the that's purchasing it from a manufacturer, they're not getting the price break on something if they only order 500 pieces right. as opposed to ordering 10,000. Right. And they're not going to sell as many of them. So they have to make their money back. You know, I get it. I if you have too. the money and you're a huge enough fan, you'll buy it, and that's why they put them out in the first place. Exactly. They know they'll make their Someone's money back. Going to. I mean, both you and I bought Saga action yeah. figures for sixty five dollars. Yeah, you know, and they're and just six that, inch figures. That small Kyle Barnes figure yeah. was however much it was. I mean, it had I I don't remember exactly. I think it was probably around thirty or something I was, like that's, that. That's my guess. So, you know, they make their money back on them. It's just. You can't get pissy about the price on it because you have to understand this is a limited run piece and they have to make their money. Right. You know, that's so how, that's how it works. If you don't want it, then just don't buy it. Right. That's why I'm so... I mean, we've talked about it on previous casts, but that's why I'm so fucking selective about buying pop vinyls mm-hmm. because I love them. I think they're great. Yeah. But $12 a pop, <laughs> pun ah. intended, you know... I'm just like, do I really want to spend $12 on this fucking three-inch vinyl figure? If it's the right character, yes. And anything they put out is going to be the right character for someone. Exactly. That's why they have eight fucking million characters. <laughs> yeah. And they're not... I mean, it's still pretty cheap, you know. They're not it is. 30 bucks a piece. Exactly. Can... Considering, considering all of the collectibles you can collect, mm-hmm. pop vinyls are are very affordable, you know, but back to comics. Something I wanted to mention here. I was hoping you were going to mention this. Okay. Well, I was, I was, uh, startled and momentarily very furious Furious. (laughs) when I saw this issue of Moon Knight that I'm holding in my hand. Yeah. And I was looking at it, um, and I just saw the, top right corner where it says number one death and birth starts now in the marvel now cracked logo and it's like you know it's got this red box around it for the number one the rest of the comic the cover is you know black and gray and there's a little bit of red here anyway 
I saw that and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Not again. Did they restart Moon Knight again with the same writer and like creative team? Luckily, at the bottom, it yeah. still has number 10 yeah. next to the barcode. That which... would have thrown me off too. But you know what? You know why seeing this makes me mad? Why couldn't we have just done this the whole fucking time? Then you could still have number 700 whatever at the bottom of Alt- or of Amazing Spider-Man next to the barcode and just put like the fucking story number up at the top. <sighs> that way you don't have like that way longtime fans don't feel like they're getting screwed. Right. Because there's a certain there's Spider-Man a would be on like if they had done that when Spider-Man died and then became Superior Spider-Man, they could have just said, number one, Superior Spider-Man starts now. Yeah. And they could have kept numbering it. And then when Peter Parker comes back, they could have been like, you know, whatever that arc is called, starts now, number one. Spider-Man would be on, like, issue probably around 800 probably by around now. around there, yeah. It could have been, like, amazing with, like, a strike through it. Superior, superior. Oh. Spider-Man. Yeah, with like number, the, the superior uh-huh. number one up superior the top. Superior number one, and then down at the bottom, issue seven hundred and one. Like, why not? I don't know. Because part of to me, comics is a thing where if you're a fan of a series for a long time, there is a certain pride you could take in knowing they're on issue six fifty, and I've been reading since issue four twenty three, and you know when you look at it. You're a fucking longtime fan. There's, You've been right there. Like, there's a couple series that I still have on my pull list just because I've had them since issue one. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I unfortunately some shit happened and I have to play catch up, like major catch up. But I had revival, this comic revival on my list for a long time, and I stopped reading it. After probably, I don't know, like 20 or so issues in. Because, like, it's cool, but it's fucking confusing as shit. Their issues are, like, up in the 40s now. And, unfortunately, I don't have all of them. But I got up to, like, issue 38, 39, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're still going. And I dropped off. But Saga is another, is another, a better example. Because I have been reading saga since consistently since issue 10 was on shelves Mm -hmm. and at the time i managed to purchase issues one through eight i found an issue nine at a convention and then i bought issue 10 and put it on my pull list Mm -hmm. now just yesterday issue 41 came out and i can say i have Every single issue from issue one to issue 41. Not as big as like Spider-Man with 700 issues, but still like it's, it's the beginning. It's a start and it's awesome. It's amazing to have all of that. And it would suck if next month you found out they're, they're going to restart saga issue one because yeah. they have a new story, a new direction they're going to take yeah. it in. I'd be so pissed. Cause we're like, Oh, I haven't spent the last four and a half years collecting yeah. saga comics like it's just it's it's just dumb it's dumb it's disrespectful yeah. to longtime fans in my opinion to restart this shit 
just do that put the story arc number at the top and keep the other one on there somewhere so that people can still see because i feel like it not well, only the shit is not to cut you off but the shit is they have done that before spider-man did that for a long time yeah they did like when i first got into it they were still doing that and you know like i just don't to me there's a certain prestige that comes with seeing a book that has a high number and if something's a hundreds you know that it's obviously been good enough to stick around for years. Yeah. So maybe you're going to give it a try. Cough, cough, walking dead. Yeah. What issue did you just buy? Issue 163? 162. Boom. Yeah. They've never restarted. Now, you don't have a, all 162 issues, but no, still, like, but, the, you know, the you... prestige of going into a shop and being like, I'm buying issue 162 of this comic. Yeah. It was cool to get, like... I've got the compendiums now, and like, then once I got all those, I just started picking up the the monthly series in individual books. Right. It's cool to jump in on something like that and be like, okay, well, I don't have the first hundred and fifty or whatever, but I can start buying them now, and you're along for the ride. Yeah. I don't have to. You don't have to have been there from the beginning. It's it's cool to jump into a series that's that's you know proven and you know is probably not going anywhere for a long time right so i don't understand the the obsession with constantly having to reboot and rebrand and start at number one again so people can feel like they're not intimidated and like really you think people don't know that spider-man's been around since like the 60s yeah when they pick up a spider-man comic i don't know and I and I hate when they're selective about who they do it for. Yeah. Because DC's really bad about that. They restarted everything, but Detective Comics is still on like issue nine hundred something. Mm-hmm. Detective Comics hasn't changed their numbering since the thirties when that <laughs> fucking comic came out. You know. Yeah. Batman premiered in the thirties or forties, and in in Detective Comics, and it I wasn't think- even issue one. It was like Detective Comics twenty seven or something yeah. like that. And they've kept the numbering all this time. And now and for all the these 900s. big events, like these groundbreaking and earth-shattering events they do, like Civil or Secret War, I guess, and that was the one that was supposed to change everything, right? All of them were supposed to change everything. I never read that, but I was reading recently, and a lot of people were saying, like, Everything pretty much stayed the same except they brought in Ultimate Spider-Man to the regular oh, Marvel the, universe. Yeah. Well, I think they I think Secret Wars was it was that it's it was a cop out so they could m- move characters over from <clears throat> other dimensions. Like you had cuz I think you know, you had Spider-Gwen too. I think yeah. she is having a romance with miles at the moment Mm -hmm. i don't know i'm behind and i think that's more in the ultimate spider-man comic not the uh spider gwen i think that's just called spider-man now is it just Mm spider-man because they did away with the ultimate thing what what's peter parker's then amazing amazing yeah okay well 
I think Secret Wars, yeah, was just a way for them to be like, okay, we've got all these fringe characters that exist in different dimensions. How can we bring them all into the... Let's just destroy the whole universe and then reform it into Battle Zone mm-hmm. and have Doctor Doom hold it all together because he's somehow, like, the most powerful villain in the whole fucking Marvel Universe. Doctor Doom's cool and all, but, like, he is way stronger in the comics than he has ever been portrayed in any other media. Mm-hmm. Cartoon, video game, movie, anything. In yeah. the comics, he's a fucking god. I don't know how it happens. I don't know. I didn't read Secret Wars either. I I wanted to. And like, I thought that there was going to be a big shake-up concerning, like, the, you know, the past and, like, what was going to be canon... And it seemed like from the commentary I was re- reading from people in reviews, people were like, yeah, they they did some things. They brought in some new superheroes from other places. And, like, there were a few deaths and such. Yeah. But, like, as far as what happened previously, they're still referencing stuff that happened ten years ago. Right. It's just that the numbers restarted. And they give the illusion... That, like, there's not this fucking 50-year catalog of, of canon yeah. that's going to be referenced. They're still going to from time to time because I'm sure the writers are fans of shit that happened 20, 30 years ago. And they'll probably make allusions to it. It might not be out in front all the time, but they'll do it from time to time. Yeah. You know? They were just... Um, in, like, the, the new... Spider-Man, the Dead No More deal that's going on. Like, uh-huh. I don't know if you heard about that storyline at all. but No, but I assume Dr. Octopus comes back to life. Yeah, the Jackal is basically, he's found a way to revive people. And then they're not just like, they're not clones. These are like the real people. Okay. He's like getting their remains and he'll bring people back to life. So like the original Gwen Stacy is alive again. Okay. At least in the last issue that I read. And they're referencing her death and how she died via, you know, Spider-Man snapping her right. spine in half when he tried to save her. All this stuff still exists. So it just, it's insane to me that you need to act like this is where it starts. Uh-huh. You don't need to know anything that happened before because nothing happened before. Well, That's even the like, fucking, like, after Superior... You know, they, they got Spider-Man up to 700 issues, and then they were just like, alright, Peter Parker's dead, now Dr. Octopus is Spider-Man. Renumber. Yeah. Superior Spider-Man, and like, then they go for whatever it is, 38 issues or whatever, and then they're just like, oh, Dr. Octopus, Peter Parker is dead, now Peter Parker's back alive, Amazing mm-hmm. Spider-Man number one. But then, that, it's not like... It's it's a continuous story. And they did the stuff where you got another issue of Superior when Spider-Verse was going on. Yeah. They it's were like, like Here's guess additional... what? This still happened. Yeah. It happened. Even though we renumbered and it's brand new and a jumping off point, like Superior still happened and we're going to fucking reference it all And the they time. didn't start that back over at Superior Spider-Man number one. No. It picked up with it was whatever 32.5 or something yeah. like that or 33 whatever it was yeah i don't and that pissed me off too because they like they made a point 
to be like, okay, events that happen in Superior Spider-Man directly influence events that are happening in Amazing Spider-Man 20 issues later. But renumbered as, like, number one, starting over again. Why? Yeah, exactly. Why fucking bother renumbering if you're going to make past issues that important in your current storyline? It's just marketing. It's marketing shit where they're like, well, we found through studies and and questionnaires and man-on-the-street type shit that people prefer to buy lower-number books, so we're only going to let series get to issue 30, and then we're going to hit reset so that people don't feel overwhelmed. I mean, even that Amazing Spider-Man number one after Superior talked about how Peter had been dead. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I'm alive again. You know, la di da. Like people who picked up at that, that issue, point would have been like, "Well, when did he die? Yeah, why is he back alive? What happened? Who killed him? It's not like he got Where bit by he? a spider again." Yeah, it's <sighs> oh, so stupid. That's why I cut all. That's why I cut all my serial, oh, my serial killer, my superhero <laughs> books out, except for Spider Gwen and Moon Knight. Studies have shown that reading Marvel might turn you into a serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> How it's frustrating. <laughs> Start hating everything. It's true. What do we got? I don't know. There's just Jason sent a video or something. I didn't know if he... It looked like he might have topicked or something because it said tonight. But oh, it's nothing. Oh, okay. It's personal. I'm just interested here. Oh, shit. Huh. David Spade was involved in a horrific car accident. Oh, in Los Angeles? Yeah. Was he looking at the Hollyweed sign? (laughs) Could be. Man, I hope he's okay. Well, it doesn't say he's dead, so... Well, that's that's true. That's true. It would have said David Spade dead, I'm sure. Alexis Bledel joins Hulu's Handmaid's Tale? Who's Alexis Bledel? Let's see. Who is that? Oh, duh. Gilmore Girls. Yeah. I knew that. Also Sin City. Cult of Chucky. Yeah. We we were just talking about that earlier. We were. I did not read an article. I didn't read the article. Oh, you didn't? I saw it. Okay. So I knew that it was happening. Apparently it's going to take place inside an asylum okay and there's a character in this movie i think she might be the character who was like the star of the last one okay um just give me a little bit more there bear me part four part four (laughs) but i think she was in the last one the curse of chucky yeah and maybe like her family gets killed okay and in this one i think she's in the asylum and her doctors have led her to accept the idea that she's actually the one who killed her entire family. Oh. But Andy from the first two movies, oh yeah, is back. Hell yeah! Like that actor is he's, back. Yeah, he's back, and he knows the truth, and he's like coming to save her. That's amazing. So I need to see all the Chucky movies. 
I was surprised. I think we might have talked about this before, but because they look so different, you know, moving from the first two onward, uh-huh. I thought there might have been like a change in, in like who was directing or who was writing and how it was handled. But apparently it's been the same guy the whole time. That's so... And all of the movies are canon from the first one through the newest one that's coming out. That's so satisfying. They all continue the same story, which oh is like... God. And that makes me want to watch them. Yeah. There you go. Like... Exact. Boom! <laughs> Boom! Right there! <laughs> like, I haven't seen past... I think I watched, like, Bride of Chucky when it came out. But... Yeah. I haven't seen... I haven't sat and watched them. I couldn't tell you what happens throughout the entire series. Right. But I want to know now because I know they're all connected and that's yeah. fucking cool. Real quick, Beer Me Part 4 is uh, Eerie Brewing Company's Derailed Ale. It's a black cherry cream ale. Mm. And it says, Enjoy Eerie Brews on it. Right. I don't want an Eerie Brews. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. That is black cherry. That is. That is almost like soda pop. That's very tart. It's good, but it's shocking. Well, it doesn't taste like. You it doesn't taste beer like beer tastes like at all. It almost it really like a. Like a wine cooler or something. Yeah, you know, it's got like it has very, like that very, very fruity taste. It's to very it. fruity. That's interesting. I mean, it's black cherry cream ale. I definitely get the black cherry, but not much of the cream ale. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I wouldn't want that much cream in my mouth, anyways. Well. <laughs> I still haven't seen any Chucky movie except the first one. But I own Child's Play too. <laughs> I'm gonna watch it tonight. Maybe if I don't fucking fall asleep. God, I'm a sleepy boy. Today's been—it's just a lazy day, man. Today's a lazy fucking day. As Andrew said earlier, he was talking about a match that you were gonna have to watch. Yeah, and uh, you have to watch it. <laughs> you do. It is Wrestle Kingdom Eleven happened yesterday and it's new japan pro wrestling's biggest show of the year they call it their tokyo dome show january 4th every year um the greatest wrestling match in the history of pro wrestling happened yesterday really yeah there's this guy his name's dave Meltzer. if you're a wrestling fan you know who dave is but this is for bender he is like the first I would say legit critic of pro wrestling. He's the guy who started a publication called Wrestling Observer back in the 80s. And he would give matches a star rating, one through five. He's been doing it since, like, I think actually the late 70s. Okay. And no one else was doing that at that point. And he, you know, typed up his Wrestling Observer and would send it out to his very small fan base. Now he's known throughout the industry, you know, and he's uh, 
you know, he's been featured on various shows that talk about the history of pro wrestling. He's like a historian. He's seen pretty much every match you can imagine. Uh And every time there's a big pay-per-view, he'll always do a star rating for all the matches that happened on it. Anyway, he very rarely gives out five stars to a match. You know, it's a big deal to get like 4.5 or 4.75. Almost never does he give out a five-star match. And this match that happened yesterday between Kenny Omega and uh, Kazuchika Okada, he gave his first ever six-star rating to. Six-star rating. Yeah. And when I got done watching it, I was thinking to myself, like, I've never seen anything. Like, it's just like movies or music. You have, like, your top ten and they kind of shuffle around. You don't know exactly what's number one on this day because maybe you've been listening to this record, you know, a lot or something like that. But um, I was, I got done watching the match, and after it kind of like marinated for a minute, I thought about it and it was like, my number two, whatever it is, is so far behind this, I can't even like comprehend what I just watched. Uh-huh. It's just, it was like watching. In real time, um, I don't know. Maybe you're. Maybe you would understand thinking about like, have you seen like a, a Rocky movie, you know, something like that where, just like a, fuck. Any sports movie that uh, comes to mind for you, like where the ending is just. I mean, I've seen Remember the Titans. It's just, it's really tough to sum it up. But the the match itself was almost like watching a movie. Uh-huh. Like, you couldn't believe that what you were watching is just two guys live doing this thing without it seeming choreographed. Uh-huh. You know? As close to being completely convinced that what you're watching is real, but knowing there's no way possible that it is. You know, which is right. kind of the aim of, of a wrestling match, you know? Yeah. You know it's fake, but you're, you let go of that just like when you watch anything else it's fictional. But it was, it was on another level. You, uh, it might be the one that, <laughs> <laughs> that finally shows you what's possible with the I'm just medium. curious because I don't know how I'm going to tell. Like, I've literally only seen probably two other full matches ever. You won't... I think it's one of those things where you won't have to worry about it. Yeah. It's... Anyone that I've told about this match so far, I've been like, make an event out of watching it. Like, don't look at your phone. Don't talk to anyone. Just sit and watch it. And you're going to be blown away. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. Okay. You'll wonder how... You'll wonder how it happened. It's just, it's insane. I mean, I'm definitely not opposed or anything. I think we should we should do uh, we should do a sit down viewing of it sometime before the next episode. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, and then for sure, I'll weigh in as the seasoned veteran, and yeah. you can weigh in as as the, the, the two match version. Yeah, I've only ever seen. I don't even know who fucking fought. I saw well, you sent me one. That was 
Japanese person and other Japanese person, I think. It was, I think it was Nakamura and uh, Kota Ibushi yeah. from Wrestle Kingdom 9. Yeah, Nakamura. Mm-hmm. And then and then I watched um, uh, Hot Chick versus Ric Flair's daughter. I watched that. Oh, yeah. The uh, cage match. Sasha Banks Sas- Charlotte. Sa- yeah, Sasha versus Charlotte. Yeah. I watched that. Mm-hmm. the first female cage match yeah that's it that's my frame <laughs> of reference those are the only two full matches i think i've ever watched possibly something with cm punk yeah, when you let me borrow yeah i maybe watched like a money in the bank or something like that okay to completion mm-hmm. but it was a task <laughs> <laughs> Much as I love CM Punk, it was yeah. a task to to watch a full match. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So I played about 15 minutes of Final Fantasy. Are you done with it? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm not done with it. I went through a tutorial mm-hmm. by choice, and I have I completed the first mission. Okay, how is it? How did it hit you just visually when you started? Visually, up? it's just it's stunning. Yeah, it's like beyond. You know, how about the controls? I so fucking badly want attack to be square and block to be circle and it is not it is not that i just picked up my ps4 controller so what's the what's attack block is square attack is circle that feels weird yeah it's horrible Hmm. i have not tried to change it so you don't know if you can i don't know if you can but i have not tried yet it's terrible, isn't it? Like, just imagine running into battle and having to be like, it's so, yeah, it's, it's really so weird. bad. I hate it. I, I mean, I don't, not the game. I just like the control is just, I feel like square or X is passable for attack. X is jump. As I mean, that's, should be. that's my, that's my initial thought yeah but if you were going to move attack to another button on on the uh ps4 controller i would move it to x right but not circle no no huh well hope it doesn't ruin the game i'm gonna try to change it uh it's one of those it takes playing you know, but going through the tutorial and everything, it's just like a lot to remember. Yeah. It's like, hey, you can dodge attacks by holding square. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. And you like phase. It's really cool. You don't like, I don't know, you disappear and you reappear. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's like, sometimes you'll be prompted to parry. Mm-hmm. Like, so you hold square to parry. Okay, cool, whatever. You know? And then it's like, you know, after you learn how to parry, it's like sometimes <laughs> you can hit 
attack after you parry and like counterattack. Yeah. It's like, okay, cool. So you do that and then it's like, you know, you go through like warp strikes and warp points and health and MP and you can use items and you can cast spells and you can here's how you teamwork and blah 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 and it's just like this button you have to like it's it's kind of streamlined because your directional pad is your weapons so you have each all four directions and you can assign either a weapon or a spell like an item spell to any direction mm-hmm. and just you just all you got to do is tap the direction and it's equipped um his weapons like materialize out of thin air mm-hmm. and they even like you do like a sequence of attacks and then they disappear mm. and then you hit the buttons again and they reappear it's like the animation is just fucking sweet you know yeah. um so and then or if you have like a spell you you throw it you know you have to aim and throw yeah. it and whatever um but then, you know, combat, obviously, as you would expect, gets a little bit more complex. And it's like, you have to kind of manage your all four partners' uh, health. And then, like, during a battle, they have a meter that slowly builds over time. And when it gets to a certain point, you can unleash, like, a, a team attack and you have to like hold l1 and then hit the directional button and then also hit attack and that initiates this sort of this scripted attack Mm -hmm. you know from your teammates and it's like once the scripted attack happens you're prompted to you're prompted to attack and you have a chance to like add on to the damage that they've done and then it's also like sometimes when you parry and then attack, they'll attack. And if you hit O and within the right amount of time, you do a team up attack where they like, you know, join hands or they like flip each other around and they attack the same character a couple times. So it's like there's obviously varying layers of combat. You can just fucking run in and sort of hack and slash everybody. Yeah. Or, but it sounds like it rewards you for being skilled in the game. Yeah, if you're skilled, you know, you can use your allies to, to your advantage. And yeah. you can, you know, sort of command them to do things. And it's, I feel like it's daunting, but I want to keep playing. I haven't even had a chance. And to be 100% honest, I was trying to play it and Lindsay was home and it was just very, I couldn't, I had to, because mm-hmm. God love her, every five minutes she was like, look at this on Facebook, look at this, look at this, look at mm-hmm. this. And I'm like, I'm, it's the beginning mm-hmm. of the game. Like, yeah, I'm trying so hard to get into this game that I don't think I'm going to like. <laughs> yeah. And you're just like, you know, this and this and this and this and there's there's opening dialogue and there's opening movie yeah. and there's opening this and I'm honestly like you know if she listens to this I love her to death like don't get me wrong but I'm honestly because I'm not that far I'm thinking about erasing the game that I started and like mm-hmm. tomorrow since I'm off and I'm going to be home by myself alone 
yeah restarting and really trying to get the feel for it yeah cut scenes mandatory quiet time for me oh yeah no talking uh-uh. no i can't do it there's Sorry. this great there's this fantastic opening scene and it's in the trailer yeah uh where you know you leave your your home your kingdom and your car breaks down and so like the first literal five minutes of actual gameplay, you're just pushing a car. Mm-hmm. That's all you're doing. But there is constant dialogue between the four characters while four, Florence and the Machine, Stand By Me, plays in the background. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, this is so beautiful, and you keep talking. <laughs> well, hopefully you carve out some time. And you can I will. Tackle it. And I absolutely love my girlfriend. It was just the middle of the day. Yeah. It, we had, like, it was it was the middle of the day. We were, like, getting ready to go out. Or we had just gotten back from getting out. It was just, it was hype up time, you mm-hmm. know. And that's totally fine. I just, I wanted to play it. And I gave it a shot. And I was just like, I can't. There's just too much going on. I really have to focus on this game if I'm going to get into it. Mm-hmm. And I, it wasn't focus time. It was let's watch a movie time. Yeah. Well, give it another try. And hopefully, I can get into it soon too. Yeah, I will. I would like to hear your thoughts on it. Amanda's boyfriend, Rich, he let me borrow the uh, the DVD that came with a special edition. Kingsglaive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cody offered to let me borrow it too. Because I guess it's the prequel. Yes, it is. So it's kind of that. like prequel. Cody was saying it's like the prequel slash almost literally happening at the same time as the beginning of the game. Okay. And they sort of, they really sort of blend together, I mm-hmm. think. That's the impression I got, at least. So. Well, maybe know. we can talk about it more next time, hopefully. Yeah. I can get into that. Maybe we can get some more Final Fantasy and, and we'll talk about... Uh, the Kenny Omega Okada match. Yeah. And shout out to uh, I'm Not a Serial Killer for having the Order 1886 in the movie. Did you catch oh, yeah, that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Completely random, not in game uh, sound effects. Yeah. But they were, in fact, playing the Order 1886, which I would love a sequel to, Sony. Mm <laughs> hmm. Maybe sometime. It was so good. A lot of people bashed it when it came out. It was supposed to be an all-new franchise, and I liked it. It wasn't perfect. We were both working at GameStop when that came out. I remember there was another... That was another one where a lot of people were guilty of coming back in. This game was too short. Yeah. I beat it in one day. Well, you know what? Congratulations. It was nearly like a launch title. Yeah. They're trying to show what the system can do. Yep. And it still looked fucking cool. Yeah. So maybe just enjoy it and be glad that you got this game. Right. It was the at the time it came out, it was the most beautiful game on PS4. Yeah. Period. I liked it. I thought it was a good game. I still haven't played it. Oh my god. Not that I was staying away from it for any particular reason. I just haven't gotten around to it. But I, I never like had it. the inclination to bash it. It I, always looked great. I played it maybe a month ago. You know, and I was like, holy shit, like, it's, it's just, it's fun. There's mm-hmm. a lot of downtime, and there's a lot of cutscenes, and there's a lot of levels where you 
basically just walk from point A to point B, mm-hmm. and that's it. And then it's like, all of a sudden, it's like next chapter, and you're like, but I didn't, I didn't even do anything. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. It's a very story driven third person shooter. Mm-hmm. It's almost like a glorified version of that London heist VR game. Oh yeah. Where it's like lots and lots of story. And then it's like, okay, here's some action, get some gameplay in. Mm-hmm. Okay. Story, 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 you know? Yeah. It's a lot of that, but it's fun. It was cool. And I really wished that they would have been more proactive in coming out with a sequel, a mm-hmm. longer sequel, you know, a more polished, I mean, the game's great. The game's polished, yeah. but a more, an updated, you know, mm-hmm. the, trying to top themselves. Cause it's a fun, it was a fun environment to play around in. I thought, yeah, hopefully one day we'll see what happens. Yep. I just want the next uncharted game. Yeah. We'll see. You know, I'll like that. Well, I think that's going to about do it for this week. Yeah. So stick around. Hear our outro spiel, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Yeah, okay, bye. Bye. episodes away from a super divorce podcast pizza <laughs> <I> party <know. laughs> yep at episode number 60 it'll be another pizza party you realize we came back on i think it was number 23 so we, did we really this is like 20 episodes that's been just you and me that's crazy that's fucking crazy yeah it's so much better than it's ever been before. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like just yesterday we were we were talking in the build up. We're just like, you know, eventually soon we're gonna get back to the podcast. Yeah, I know. We'll be doing it again. Yeah. There was like a three month break where all the turbulence hit, but we've been going at it since then. Yep. Haven't missed a goddamn episode since. Uh, it's that's impressive. We've yeah. switched nights, but we haven't missed an episode. That's right. Every week, there's been one, at least one to to listen to for, for the last episode. twenty fucking weeks. Yep. We're gonna keep it going. Keep it going. In twenty seventeen. That's right. So, um, before we let you guys go, hopefully you enjoyed that. Make sure that you get in touch with us at. Uh, Divorce Club at superdivorceme.com. Give yourself a chance to win the very first two sweet mix. And uh, we explained that in the intro. But again, email us with the uh, the uh, subject line to sweet me in the body of the text. At the very least, include your shipping address so that we can ship you that CD for free. Totally free. Totally free, including shipping. Don't worry about any cost. All you get is a free CD with some sweet music hand-picked on it. tunes hand-picked tunes hand-picked By playlists us. just for you and uh, we'll ship that out to you but as bender said in the intro feel free to write other stuff in the in the text as well yeah tell us how your day is going ask us a question whatever anything also make sure to follow us on various social medias uh for the band you can follow us on twitter at super divorce 
Instagram at Super Divorce Band, Facebook slash Super Divorce. Check out the Divorce Club on Facebook. Uh, and then me personally, you can follow me on Instagram at Bender Butt. And I am brand new. Well, not brand new. I'm back on Twitter now. And you can follow me at Bender If You Nasty. That's you, the letter, not the word. Oh, and so yeah. In the intro, I forgot all about Snapchat. Oh, yeah, Snapchat. Uh, my snap code is my Twitter profile pick. Okay. So if you want to follow me on Snapchat, just like grab that shit there. I'm in the same boat. So yeah. I'm on my, uh, my snap codes. Also my Twitter profile pick and my Twitter handle is Nicholas Villars. Same for my Instagram. Yep. So pretty and easy. We're getting way active on our personal pages, uh, and keeping the band stuff for, you know, band related information so make sure to follow us because we are wacky <laughs> we always get into a bunch of uh, wacky capers yeah wacky capers wacky capers and lots of hijinks so yeah um hope you guys enjoyed this episode and email us and we will see you next week adios peace super divorce <laughs>